Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and with me today is DM Ian. Yes, no yeah. aka, but still aka awesome. And yeah, we're <laughs> going to have him on for the first time for the full run and have him help me lift the mental weights. Yes. But for today, we are going to tie back to episode 121. Randomly generated story, which featured the Tolkien professor as our guest on that episode. And kind of in that vein of Tolkien, um, I entitled the DMnastics exercise number 102, Walk It Out, Walk It Out. Because, you know, that's a key component of all Tolkien stories is mm -hmm. lots of walking. Yes. <laughs> so this exercise entailed a very rather detailed map of the world of the Aimbe, which is excellently done. I don't know who did it, but kudos to them. Ryan Hennessy, a.k.a. Whipstash of Whipstash Designs. That's awesome. I need to have him do the map for Altera because that is excellent. I love it. Anyway, uh, the title of the post, or, uh, we've already stated, but the content is this. As we set out across the world of the Aimbe, we will need us some random encounter tables. We look once again to the map of Diambe to help us plan some of these outs. Uh, we have defined three continents, and we will start out with four D10 tables, one for each area. And so each area sort of has a different feel to it. One's a tundra. There are uh, there's a desert. There's a lot of different a lot of different places where you could encounter a forest, various things. And so the idea of the exercise was for the DMs on the forums, which if you're not a part of, you should be, to essentially generate a random encounter table for other DMs to use for these specific environments, which was awesome. And we got some great feedback. So we're going to be going through some of our favorites on the table right now. So... I think when I, I mean, and I'm always a sucker for it, so I don't know if people are like specifically trying to get me, but they're doing so if they are doing it specifically. <laughs> well, the first one that I want to highlight is from DM Sam, and it is from Vassaror, the Tundra area. And DM Sam essentially presented the random encounter of a band of rugged youths from the Stormrider clan whose goal it is essentially to gain favor with their clan by attacking outsiders in their area. So you have these very young warriors trying to attack the martial classes in your party because that'll show strength. And if they can go back with a weapon, then they can advance in their tribe. And I also love that they added a element where you could use dice rolls that aren't attack rolls to get by, you know, and get through this encounter rather than yeah. only kill them. Yeah, because so often we always go for, let's kill them, and, you know, not try to find any other way. Because we all know, secretly, all of our players are murder hobos. It happens. It happens to the best of them. <laughs> it does. So, the one that I actually got a chuckle out of the most, just because it included a fantastic picture, is from Rorik. Uh, he is one of our forum members, and he uh, did a random encounter Fuundiris or Unudiris, and this is what he said. He said a small band of twigoid bandits attacks. I'm not familiar with a twigoid, so that might be fun for me because I've never fought one before. Uh, is ambushing from the branches above, rushing from the brush beneath. 
If the battle is not going their way, they grab what they can and get out, hiding again in the trees. And from the way that they behave, they sound a lot like squirrels. And I would play them just like that, as sort of like, you know, twigoid, squirrel-ish kind of things. And, you know, especially if you've got players who are very proud of their gear or whatever, you know, I'd have the the twigoids be like little little thieves, you know, and steal like some of the cool stuff. And part of the then the random encounter is trying to find where the twigoids are hiding to get back their stuff. And I think that that's awesome. Uh, you could use some of those skills like investigation and, you know, some of those things that might not necessarily get as much use in a random encounter that, in fact, skills at all really don't get much use in a random encounter. So this is a great way to to sort of factor that in. And the drawing that he has, if you go look at this, is fantastic. And it looks like this twigoid is standing in a tree. He's got a rapier in his hand and a longsword hidden away in a tree like a squirrel would hide a nut. It's awesome. Yes, I love it. It also makes me, I don't know if Ian, you played this game, but others no doubt have. Uh, it makes me think of Monster Hunter and yes. <laughs> the, the cat people that would come up and uh-huh. hit you, take your stuff. And if you didn't catch them in time, they would go back to like the special cat area that you would then have to trek through the whole map to find and yes. then eventually maybe get your stuff back. So maybe definitely, I would definitely play them along those lines. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. And, and you know, you're always struggling not to be too tropey in forests. And I don't think if this is a monster, it doesn't get enough love. And if it's not a monster, you should we should write a stat block for it because lifting mental weights is awesome. Mm-hmm. Do it. So with those out of the way and all of that, let's lift the mental weights. Yes. Right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. So Ian and I are going to go back and forth between the four kind of basic table topics, if you will, of forest, desert, city, and tundra. And then we'll, who knows, if we get inspired, we might go back through a third time or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So which one, which idea or section do you want to take first? I actually really love uh, doing uh, tundra stuff because I'm running a campaign right now where I am taking individuals through a tundra, uh, sort of a frozen wasteland that's in my world. And I have had to think long and hard about these things. And there is one creature that they have encountered so far that I think deserves to be on any random table, especially if you're sort of a higher level party, and that is the Ice Drake. And I found that in the beloved Tome of Beasts. And the Ice Drake is awesome. Um, And, you know... It's a different take on dragon, and the way that I ran it was they were wandering high into the mountains, and you know I figured what what sort of stuff is like lives high up in the mountains, and so I had yeti, I had abominable yeti, I had winter wolves, which if you don't know what they are, you should always include them in some sort of a tundra campaign because they're awesome. Yes. Uh, but then I had then I put the ice drake on there, and sure enough, they ran into the ice drake, and it provided like a really cool. A really cool way for them to to fight. I gave it a mini horde and all of that, and it was a really cool little adventure. They harvested a lot from that that ice drake. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think I don't know. It's just the one that's really sticking out to me is the random storm. 
Um, mm. They roll on the mm-hmm. encounter table, and now it's you know the storm is rolling in. You can start to kind of give clues, but it's the inevitable. You know, there's typically, you, especially in a tundra campaign, your players are probably going to be on foot. I mean, maybe they have some beast of burden, but that's unlikely. And then it's the scenario of what are you going to do before the storm gets there, and if you can't, then what are you going to do since it's already here? So that's a, a fun one that. Um, you know, it causes panic, and again, getting it kind of out of, oh, not that they're bad, but getting out of the encounter table that is just these monsters, and now you fight. Mm-hmm. So, I th- yeah, I think the storm is a great one to use. Yeah, the storm is fantastic. I've, I've used that a couple of times, uh, not in this campaign, but like, you know, monsoons in the jungle, or, you know, in this case, it would be a blizzard or a whiteout or something like that. So, yeah, storms are always fun. So then since you picked last time, I will pick this time and I will go with um, the desert. All right. So my idea is the random encounter is quicksand or something along those lines, but it's not just you know, in a pit and you put a stick out and they get out. It's comical and fun, but instead it actually kind of drops them into like an uncovered crypt. Mm. But it doesn't need to be a big thing, you know, because this is just a random encounter. You know, maybe at most you would want to do the five room dungeon style. I mean, I would almost even think that it would just be a single room that they would need to deal with. Either they drop in and now they have to fight the mummy that pops out of the sarcophagus or something along those lines. Maybe there's a single puzzle that they can solve. But yeah, just something really small like that, I think would be cool. Nice. I'm hearkening back. You said quicksand, and this made me think of an episode on uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation, specifically the one in which Tasha Yar dies. And I believe (gasps) the episode is named Skin of Evil, right? Yes. The Black Pudding. Black Goo, yeah. And so I was thinking you could have, like, I'm a big fan of riddle encounters. And that creature had no, I mean, it was composed of just sheer hate. And all of that. And you could you could do something like that where, you know, I, I wouldn't outright kill a player like the creature killed Tasha Yar. But, you know, I, I would definitely make it a tricky or a sticky wicket, as we say. And, you know, make them riddle with this sort of malevolent being that is composed of sand and, you know, tar and whatever else. And, you know, maybe a player gets swallowed and they have to rescue the player by answering a riddle. Or a series of riddles, or something, or do something for this entity, or you know something like that. I, you could play it a lot of different ways, but I think like a, an intelligent, sentient sand being that inhabits like a pool of quicksand, like you were saying, or something of that, along those lines. I think that would be pretty pretty fun to play with. Yes, and you are right, sir. Well done. Skin of evil was the name of the episode. I know my Star Trek just a little bit. <laughs> yep. I, I'm right there with you. I was calm. I was confident, but I wanted to double check because the internet. So that was the two. So then I'll go back to you to choose which is next. Yeah, I like, I like city stuff. Uh, I don't think urban campaigns get enough love. And if you are tuning into this week's DMnastics next week, little hint, we're doing an episode on urban campaigns. Oh, so this will fit right in. Yeah. So uh, I love urban campaigns and I've used this one before and and I always have it on my on my roll table in a in a city. Um, But it's the idea, you know, we all have this this notion and it's played out in a lot of movies where a little a little kid 
comes up and pickpockets somebody. And so, uh, you know, you're walking through the city, he bumps into you, you know, steals something from you like a pickpocket would, and you notice that the kid has stolen something from you, either like through passive perception or through noticing, hey, uh, my, my gold's a little lighter. And then you start looking for the kid. And the way that I have this play out usually on my roll table is it's a setup for a side quest or a series of side quests in where a guild of thieves like, I think, Robin Hood and his Merry Men are trying to recruit adventurers to help them overthrow the corrupt government of a city. So that's sort of their in is trying to find adventurers and they send kids out to pickpocket adventurers to bring them back by, you know, to arrange an introduction. So there you go. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, cause like you said, it is so classic and then, you know, like you're, you presented, you can make it as much or as little as you want it to be because, you know, if it's just that simple act and then you catch him and you kind of deal with it right there, then you're good to go. Also, it reminds me of the time that I was trying to get money out of an ATM at the local fair and a small child like tried to sneak up and steal the money as it was coming out. Oh, no. <laughs> so it happens in real life. So yes. it should happen in D&D. There you go. <laughs> yes. And I slapped their hand and they walked away. And that is the end of that story. That's a bold thing right there. <laughs> My Yeah, I was just like, because I was watching it happen the whole time. So it was a very interesting experience for myself. Passive perception through the roof with me. Yes, watch out. <laughs> so the one that I thought of would be to actually stumble into something akin to the running of the bulls. Ooh, yeah. Your players, your players aren't paying attention and all of a sudden a bunch of people are rushing past them. But then it's because some creature is chasing those people, but it's an event and they can't easily just turn around and walk off the street. They essentially have to join the people running and use their skills and possibly magic and all those other things to not get trampled. So I think Dare we agree. say the running of the Gorgons? Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Throwing that idea out there. There's just st- statues on the street now because they failed their <laughs> petrification rolls. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So with that out of the way, it leaves our last one, which is the forest. Yes, forest. So an idea that I have for this one and is an idea that I've been playing around with a lot uh, because of elves and things like that, you know, just getting into that, that, that mode of thinking. And I was searching through my dragon deck, actually, because uh, I've got a lot of, of it's, a, it's a rainbow dragon deck, and I've got some really cool forest dragons in there and i and i stumbled across a dragon the god of the forest is sort of the subtitle and i was thinking you know that'd be pretty cool to like include in this the, in, in a random encounter table is is you have a random encounter with a god <laughs> wait what? say what your players are like huh <laughs> oh wow yeah so you you know the god wants something from you obviously wants to talk to you or um, has seen the way that you're behaving and thinks that you are of just heart and stout stout might to go and accomplish this thing. And uh, yeah, you get to talk to the god. The god gets to give you gifts and and or smite you if you're you know impertinent. Um, but I think like having that encounter with a god would be pretty sweet. And it's a cool way for you as a DM to do something that not really happens all that much, despite what we may think initially of Dungeons and Dragons with gods being sort of an ever-present reality. I don't know that many characters get to interact with a god on a face-to-face level all that often. So if you add that to your random encounter table, especially in a forest where you can... Um, there's a couple of different dragons, like a, a forest dragon especially, or a tree dragon that sort of have those sort of foresty feels to them. 
you can sort of throw that in there and, and have a fun time with it. I really like it because you can have different versions of why the God is there. It need not be that they are technically standing in front of you, but it could be an aspect, an avatar, doing mm-hmm. something along those lines. So it's not as completely over the top, but you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's more of a social interaction. Yes. The, <laughs> yeah. Unless you have the player who says, if I ha- if it has hit points, I can kill it. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are those. But the option to have a lot of cool interactions on that level, I think is really cool because you know, a lot of the settings allow for that kind of thing. To totally happen. So another thing that you could have as a random encounter, and it's actually something that I used in a game recently that I'm playing with Ian, and yeah. it's actually set in the world of Day Iron Bay, so I suppose I could put it straight to the forums and make it official, but essentially it's a hidden sanctum of knowledge where it looks like there's some way to enter a tree, and you do. And inside of that tree is actually a library of sorts that your players could then use to gain some sort of knowledge. And the way I did it is I had certain checks for trying to understand how is this library structured? What am I actually looking for? Can I find it? And then getting some pieces of that information while inside of the library, which would be another really totally, especially if you're going to have it on a random encounter, totally out of the blue way for your players to get something that they want. Because uh, I would assume that every player you have wants something piece of information or could find some piece of information that is useful to them if you were to put this in your campaign yeah and don't fail the check on the way in yeah yes (laughs) you will pass out and be out for a long time yes yes and what was really interesting about that too is the way that neil ran it is you know you've got spells work differently in the in the sanctum Mm -hmm. you know things are not always organized in a logical manner you have time resource management You know, where you're running out of food and there isn't necessarily, like I said, spells don't work normally. So you don't have a lot of, you have to manage your food and your water and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really cool. I I loved it as a, you know, as a random encounter idea because, you know, you got this guy who's just leaning up against a tree for support or because he's tired and all of a sudden he's not there anymore. (laughs) And hopefully the rest of the (laughs) party follows behind um, and doesn't just say, well, that's tough. And then move on. So with all of that, sir, I think we've done it. But the real question is, where can people go to contact us if they wanted to talk about the random encounters that they had? Yeah, you can actually hit us up in a number of different places. <laughs> you can hit up DMnastics specifically at dmnastics at gmail.com. That's dmnastics at gmail.com. You can also hit them up on Twitter at dmnastics. And specifically, if you want to get a hold of Neil on Twitter, it's at Jotmaniac. As for me, I am at Ian, I-A-N-M, Renwick, R-E-N-W-I-C-K. You can find me there. I'm pretty active and all that kind of thing. And yeah, love to talk to you about any ideas that you have and all that sort of stuff. And for everything else on the network, you can always go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But as always, we're going to have a little post-workout cool down and stretch with none other than the light bulb. Light bulb. So today we are going to be talking about probably one of my favorite things for the light bulb, and that is the plot twist cards from Paizo. Mm-hmm. 
I bring them to every game session that I have at my home game, and I bring them to a lot of convention games or one-offs that I'm running with people that I don't know because they are a fun way to engage whoever you have sitting at your table with your story. Yeah, you know, we all have those moments as DMs where we're kind of at a loss for what to do. And, you know, rather than rather than being at a loss, you you know, you take some of these cards and you, you know, deal yourself a hand before whatever encounter you're planning or whatever adventure you're planning and use them sort of as a jump start to get the engine going as far as what to do next. And they're really fun. Like some of the cards are you know, like somebody gets stabbed in the back or somebody's got to make a sanity check or insert random NPC here, you know, and it's they're, they're kind of fun and you play them where they make sense. And like I said, it just it's a great way to jumpstart the creativity because our job as DMs is sort of demanding in that regard because of the fact that we're constantly having to be creative. And sometimes the well just runs dry and these are a great way to, to sort of wet the sponge again. What is crazy is I have never thought about using them for myself because I've never actually done that. Uh, (laughs) So when I start a session, I actually have players randomly draw one card that they can use during the session. Um, And so in a lot of ways, it's like a hero point or something along those lines because it can do often very extraordinary things and so most of the cards have a very pure raw mechanical thing that is available and written on it that way if the player just can't kind of can't work with the other suggestions then they can just have like i said a very mechanical thing that they can use that said there's four other very open-ended ways that they could use the cards and my players have done that and it's been fun just about every single time that they've done it. Cause more often than not, my players choose to use them as an above table thing to mess with each other. And <laughs> yes, that, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's a really, like I said, it's a really good way to give seeds of an idea. I mean, now that Ian has enlightened me to myself as well as to the player so that they can just jump in more easily with these random things at these pivotal moments. Well, and what's awesome about them, too, is that they're not tied to any specific mechanic. Sure, they're put out by Paizo, but they don't have, like, Paizo-specific 3.5 feeling mechanics to them. It's just prompt ideas. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, here's here's this. You know, if you don't have flanking, you know, too bad. I'm looking at a card right now that says backstabbed. But if you don't have flanking as a mechanic, you can still use those other four points on there. But I think it's, like I said, I definitely resonate with Neil and giving them to the players, but sometimes like I just deal myself a hand cause I'm at a loss for, for, you know, deal myself a four card hand and now I've got some, some things to play with too. And, yep. uh, I love that. I, that the dynamic that it brings in when players are each given a card and then, you know, maybe you, if a player is playing well, instead of rewarding them, a an inspiration token in five E or something like that, you reward them with an extra, an extra plot point card. So yes. I think that could be a, a fantastic thing to do, especially if people don't know what to do with inspiration or, you know, are stuck on what to do with inspiration, using one of these one of these plot twist cards is a great way to award somebody, hey, you did really good. Here's a plot twist card. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, I take them away at the end of every session. So there's a motivation to always use what you've pulled out of the deck because you won't you may never see that card again. 
which some aren't as good as others. That's just kind of how it is. But so that might be a good thing. But at the same time, if it's really good, then the player is motivated to figure out a way to use it by hook or by crook before mm-hmm. the session is over because you know, I'm going to take them all back and I'm going to put them back in my little slip case and head on home. So it's definitely a good way to keep motivated for actually using them in a session. Well, and there's more than one set too. So the guarantee is that you might not actually, like you said, see that card again, because I might not bring that set next week. Yep. So spend it, spend it wisely. There is both the Game Mastery Plot Twist card, as well as the Game Mastery Plot Twist cards flashbacks. So two different ways to approach it, but they both work perfectly together. And yes, go buy them. The... Links will be in the show notes, and it looks like it would be about $15 for both sets. So, not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-mm. Well, yeah, with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we do, I just want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. 